Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I am your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Hello, little trash cans. How does it feel being a year old, baby trash cans? Mm, I feel good. I feel good about it. I listened to last week's episode because I was like, what, what was up with the first episode? I couldn't, I couldn't believe how like echoey we were it was back then. so bad and and that's our most listened to episode so thank you for your patience oh, no. and i hope you stuck around well it sounds like a lot of people haven't stuck around <laughs> if that's the most listened to episode <laughs> i'm not good at the math <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people were like no this is <laughs> this sounds like shit we sound good now we're so much better now so much better i feel like that that problem got solved like really quickly like episode two or three for sure yeah 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 well uh what can you do you know i mean these these episodes aren't canon so you know like you can start anywhere tell your friends start anywhere they're not canon in fact absolutely take a dive into our back catalog but you know the stories aren't as relevant sure they're not like that week's stories but they're still news and they're still entertaining as hell i think i can say with full certainty that everything that we report is news a hundred percent we are journalists uh-huh 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 <laughs> why are you trash this week my sweet sweet sugar plum well you know how you you try you try your best to be classy sometimes and you're like i'm going to yes. do the damn thing well yes. well i had a day of trying to be classy that just backfired on me left and right i went with a friend to go wedding dress shopping mm. and we were handed champagne as one does and yeah i proceeded to knock over not one but two glasses of champagne with my oh, no why with your feet people would put it down on the ground and i would get up out of excitement and like the barreling lumberjack that i am just knocked it over oh like like a ball to bowling pins and then we we go to have a classy lunch at a nice trendy place in venice and mm-hmm. Your girl orders shrimp and grits when everyone else got a salad. Well, I mean, why? It's not your fucking wedding. It's not my fucking wedding. Nobody cares how I look. And then, even if it was your wedding, order what you want. I know. It just was one of those things where I was like, shrimp and grits, please. (laughs) And everyone else was like, just a dainty salad. And then I got my lashes done later that day. Mm. And I farted. In the silent spa lash room. And Cassandra, when I tell you it was like, it was, it was audible. It almost sounded wet. It was <laughs> disgusting. And I'm laying there on my back and I'm sure I bumped. Like, I'm sure I jumped up a little. Were you falling asleep? Why'd you fart? Yes, I was falling asleep getting my lashes done and I... 
let one slip out and I was mortified. <sighs> okay. I have to to make you feel better because it's what I'd have to do for myself if I was in your position. There's no way that you're the only person who's ever knocked over those champagne glasses. Oh, uh, I hope not. And there's no way you're the only person to fart with the lashes. <laughs> I mean, it they was... take fucking forever. Oh my god, do they ever? How are you, how are you trash, Cass? Make me feel better. <laughs> Tell me how you're trash. I mean, look, the reason why I'm trash this week is honestly like pretty fucked up. So <laughs> I don't even know if I should tell this story. I was getting my nails done. And she was doing a very fine, like, du- they call it a double French, you know? So like a very thin line, two different colors on the tip of the nail. It's very cute. I have it on now. I can't break her concentration because it'll come at the expense of my nails. But a small spider started to hang from her sleeve. And I was like, shit. Like when I say small, I mean like the size of an ant. Like it was very small. The only reason that I thought it was a spider is because it was like, it looked like a piece of lint dangling, except it was moving. So I was like, fuck. She's like so concentrated on my nails. I can't, what do I do? Do I tell her that there's a spider on her and risk my nails getting fucked up? Or do I just let it go? And I watched this spider like dangle there, like thinking like, should I go up? Should I go down? I don't know. Like, what am I going to do? I'm a spider, LOL. I watched it for like, this is uh, like a minute, a minute. And a minute is long when you're watching Mm. a spider possibly jump onto someone's clothes or in their clothes or on their skin. Luckily, (laughs) the spider fell off and I didn't have to do anything. But the simple fact that I spent that long questioning at the selfishness of how my own nails were going to look as if she wouldn't have redone them. Mm-hmm. Trash. Pure trash. Really, really fucked up trash. I I had a, a pregnant cousin and she had a spider crawling on her and I was like, um, I, I need you to, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a spider because I'm kind of scared of spiders. And she was like, oh, it's fine. Like, just chill. What? Where I was like trying to brush it off of her because of her, she, she's growing a life inside of her and I just was real freaked out and she just remained chill. Did she brush it off or she's like, just let it be? Yeah, she just brushed it off. She just found it and brushed it off. Whereas I was trying to find something to flick it off with and I was like, remain calm. And she was like, this is not a big deal. You become very one with Mother Earth, I Truly. suppose, in that moment when you're pregnant. Let's get into our first story of the week. This one comes to us from Google? DelawareOnline.com. Oh, okay, not Google. Okay, sorry. Delaware restaurant owner bites back at negative Yelp reviewers. Get them. The customer is not always right at Megan Lee's fine dining restaurant, and she has no qualms letting them know it. Write a negative or allegedly inaccurate and distorted Yelp review about an experience at Lee's critically acclaimed heirloom restaurant and lose, and chances are more than good that she will bite back with a scathing, no-holds-barred retort. When Jasmine T. of Willington complained in October of 2017, Yelp reviewed that heirloom was very overpriced, overspiced with too many flavors making it difficult to taste the fish, 
Lee put her on blast. Her comeback was, judging from your 15 reviews, majority of them two stars and the rest three stars, it seems that you have a very interesting and unique palette when it comes to dining. That being said, it appears as though dining out at creative and inventive restaurants might not be your thing. I mean, I feel like that's pretty tame, right? Sure. But then Lee goes on to say, I feel compelled to protect this industry, my business, my servers, my kitchen, all our hard work, and I make a vow from day one to protect my business. I just feel like I have to speak the truth. So do you ever use Yelp, Erica? I do. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Yelper. Yeah, I do too. And I now take the time to read comments more so than because I I used to just kind of look at stars and then let it go. But now um, I will read the comments and I do feel like really bad ones, especially like bad ones standing out <laughs> through a lot of good ones are very suspicious. And I do like to kind of go down Yelp holes and find like more reviews written by the same person to see if they're crazy. <laughs> and it's Honestly, a really fun pastime. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, because there are some people who will only take to Yelp when they're furious. Yes. And then every once in a while you get someone who's just consistently furious. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like one star, the servers are assholes here and everything tasted bad. And, you know, like my wife was... 90 days pregnant and we were going to celebrate and then they took a shit in her food or something. And then you like go on their page and everything is like, this gym is racist and everyone's a Nazi. And then they're like this, you know, this skydiving people uh, told me that they wanted me to die. And so I'm like, Oh, maybe it's yeah. you. I was to say, if everywhere you go, there's assholes. Sometimes you have to look back. There's another one star Yelp review posted by J.H. He wrote, The menu is prob great if you like to share appetizers for your entree. I don't. I like my own meal. That being said, I asked for one of the sides, crab fried rice, as an entree, and I was told no. The chef wouldn't do that. Disappointing. I left after a drink and no food. Her retort said, Unlike your review, you did in fact dine at Heirloom on the 27th. In fact, I have an itemized receipt, credit card slip, and authorization code to prove it. She shot back get at him. Yelp's response in his comment. Fucking get him. Not only did you eat at Heirloom, but you and your friends created a huge scene at my bar. In addition to your disappointing dining review, you not only ate at Heirloom, but you and your friends created a huge scene at my bar. You were asked by the women, by my manager, by myself, by the bartender, and by other bar guests to stop filming the women as it made them uncomfortable and it was inappropriate as well as being downright creepy. See, this is why it's like these one-star reviews. It's like, well, did this actually fucking happen to you? Or were you just a creepazoid who was who were filming like women on your phone, got kicked out and decided that you're going to get back at the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You know, the only time uh, I would we, leave a one-star review is if someplace gave me diarrhea. Oh, really? I, yeah. And it would have to be pretty bad because I, I have IBS. So it would have to really be a, a moment. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, so much gives me diarrhea. I don't know if I'd be able to pinpoint it. Exactly. But our next story from the avclub.com. Diarrhea incident continues to spell problems for ultimate slip and slide. 
Wow. <laughs> Quite the headline. <laughs> the NBC reality competition series, ostensibly for fun summer camp romp, where common comedians Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches crack jokes while people go down water slides into non-paradisiacal parasitically infested water is continuing to struggle with what to do without a final episode. That's even as it was planned release date scheduled for the immediate aftermath of the Olympic games in August moves even closer. So Bobby Moynihan, Ron Funches hosting a show about slip and slides for NBC. I'm a little confused, but I guess I understand considering they have that golf show, the mini golf show on uh, ABC, which is so funny. Everybody's just trying to rip off Wipeout. Yeah, totally. So this is the problems for the slip and slide began in early June when many, oops, when many members of the show's crew suddenly began suffering from what has been described as bouts of explosive diarrhea, eventually leaked to an outbreak of the intestinal parasite Giardia. Now the outbreak, which per Yahoo Entertainment apparently ended up affecting roughly 65% of the show's staff, and it didn't hit the show until it was coming up on filming its final episode. But Slip and Slide seems to have designed to build up to a climax after eight weeks of filming, finishing with contestants all battling it out on the slides for a final hefty cash prize. An $18 million reality series that suddenly finds itself with no readily filming filmable ending. Man, what, you got eight weeks of filming? Like That means that people get eliminated every week and that they have to keep coming back and doing this slip and slide. It's not like a per episode, one person like or three different people compete. It's like a full-blown reality show. That's bananas. Again, but for every- slip and slides. Everybody's just chasing that wipeout money. Yeah, but wipeout had different contestants every episode, and so does that uh, golf show that I keep thinking of. Golf show ABC, Rob Riggle. Holy moly. There we go. Holy moly. That shit is really funny. Deadline reports that the planned August 8th premiere of Ultimate Slip and Slide has now been delayed. The series was initially supposed to kick off its run immediately after the closing ceremony of this year's Olympic Games, followed by a second installment the following night. Per the report, there's currently no plans to replace the or to place to reschedule the series. Ooh, somebody's wow. got a scheduling so there problem. Might be, there might just be seven episodes of some weird slip and slide show where you never find out who won and neither do the contestants because everyone got diarrhea. I mean, what a what a fitting thing for a show about water parks, I guess. <laughs> oh, do you ever find, like, did you go to water parks growing up? Yeah, I did. And I honestly, I wish that I knew less because the concept of it is fucking super fun, but I just don't know if I could really turn my brain off enough now to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever go back to like a water park unless it's like a freshwater park, you know, like, like, like fresh as in like brand new. Yeah. Like if it was like a river that had an adventure around it or something where the water is constantly moving, but not chlorinated. Okay. What's the big deal with chlorine? I just don't trust it to clean after that many people. That's all I'm saying. That Okay, that checks out with me. I just feel like everyone's like all coming for chlorine now when I'm like, was chlorine wasn't just some sort of like 90s 
you know, fix all like certain things that everyone's coming after for the, in the nineties and eighties that were really fucked up and bad. But like, I mean, what, it's not going to hurt to swim around a little bleach water every once in a while, right? It it can't be that harmful for you, surely. I would hope not. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're in a public pool, piss in the water. Absolutely. There's going to be pee in that water. Now, if you're on a big water slide and all this kind of stuff and you're screaming, you're going to get some of that piss water in your mouth and that's that's a problem. But man, is it fun. God damn, it's fun. It's so fun. Like there's got to be a way to get people to stop peeing in pools. To be honest, I'm a pool peer sometimes. I'm I'm going to be so I've done I. it. Every fucking one is, Erica. That's the problem. Is that maybe we wouldn't do it if it wasn't such a to-do to not. Well, it's like you have to make a show of like, "Hey everybody, I'm leaving for the bathroom. Look at me. I'm not peeing in the pool." But you're doing that like Yeah. Once every two hours when realistically, if you're drinking at a pool, you're peeing every 30 minutes. At least. And like, here, look at me. I'm going to get out of the water, put my towel on, drip everywhere, you know, get my flip flops wet, pass by a sign that says, if you have diarrhea, don't get back in this pool. Everyone's going to think you do because you're going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, why should you don't pee, you don't pee in the pool? Okay. So you're going to take a shit right now cool i imagine this is how men feel when they go to the bathroom and they just don't want to use the urinal because they don't want to and mm-hmm. everyone's like who's gonna take a shit <laughs> i i was in a so porta potty last night and the guy <sighs> next to me yeah disgusting on its own right the guy next to me started talking to me no no absolutely not like not quite hitting on me but just was like How's it going? And I was like, no, no, I'm not engaging. Like, but I felt rude not responding. And I was like, how do you know he wasn't on the phone, Erica? (laughs) What if he was and I'm the asshole? You don't know for a fact he was making conversation with you. You're in porter potties. You're allowed to ignore it. That's fair. I did not. You know what Unless else? Unless he's like, hey, how are you? And then you're quiet. And then he goes, hello. Then like maybe engage. <laughs> I engaged. I engaged. <laughs> Immediately it, it sounds like. Oh, my God. That's intimate and gross. And okay. Yeah. The next story. Ugh. Ugh. From WSBTV.com, man arrested after police say he tried to sell duct-taped iguanas from SUV. What? Yeah. Uh, This was actually in Georgia. It's uh, Channel 2 Gwinnett's County Bureau Chief Tony Thomas was on Jimmy Carter Boulevard where police said that Daniel Del Toro Mendez was trying to sell reptiles in a parking lot. Mendez, who owns a pet shop in the area, told police he didn't think he was doing anything wrong despite the condition of the animals. The iguanas were tied up. Their legs were tied with duct tape in a non-ventilated area, which could cause them to die. You have a pet shop and you're selling out of your fucking car? Yeah, that, how do you not know you're doing something shady then? I mean, yeah, you know, stop at a roadside lemonade stand, but a roadside iguana stand, you're never going to turn a profit. So he... He had 22 
iguanas that he caught in Miami, and he was trying to sell them for $10 a piece in the back of his SUV. I guess his impression was that it wasn't an illegal act. He caught them in Miami because in Florida, as of April, it's legal to capture and humanely kill iguanas, but you can't purchase or sell them because they're an invasive species. So, wow, he just was like, oh, I'm just going to catch some wild iguanas and then sell them. Hell, I mean, he's an entrepreneur. That's the American spirit. Yeah, minus the whole animal cruelty. Oh, that's fair. Um... Gwinnett Animal Control said all 22 iguanas have been adopted by families or sent to rescue groups. That's nice. And by the way, this guy's, you know, he got 22 counts of misdemeanor for animal cruelty. So thank goodness. Speaking of rescue groups, let's get into our next story. And this story makes my blood boil. I know. I texted my partner after reading this. I was like, dude, fuck, what the fuck is this? I mean, this this story uh, makes me fucking sad. It's, uh, this came to us from Twitter. In California, dogs fill shelters as pandemic lockdowns ease. Pet adoption surged during the coronavirus pandemic as people locked up sought companionship. But as the world has opened up again, the future looks less rosy for a growing number of animals sent to shelters or adoption centers by owners without time or money to care for them. In the rescue world, we kind of saw it coming, said Chloe Esperquet, Development Coordinator at Wags and Walks Adoption Center in Los Angeles. We received, prior to the pandemic, five to ten inquiries per month for people who couldn't care for their dogs anymore. That's doubled since in recent months. Wags and Walks, like many similar establishments, is back to full capacity. Every year in the United States, 1.5 million shelter animals are euthanized, including 670,000 dogs. At WAGS, they save approximately 1,000 dogs a year, so that's not enough. Adopt, don't shop if you can, people. Yeah, guys, I, uh... I'm sorry to interrupt this really sad story. My partner is in Park City right now, and he just sent me the a photo from Meredith's storefront <gasps> from i'm forwarding it to you now please oh my god oh my god i mean it like literally it's just it just says meredith mark on the on the window but we're talking what real a, housewives of salt lake city people yeah yeah this is a big deal um i'll say this trashy trashy listeners if you were ever thinking to yourself man i'd like to get a dog <laughs> or a cat um it seems like now's the time to do it, but because all these people who who got them in the pandemic, who like sat on waiting lists and, you know, all the shelters were like cleaned out from people like looking for an animal and companion, it's, if a lot of them are going back, then that means that a lot of people, a lot of animals need homes. So that it's a big fucking responsibility. It is a, if you're lucky over 10 year commitment that you're mm-hmm. making to an animal and not something to do lightly, but something that's very rewarding. So this story makes me fucking mad. These are, and I hope that uh, it empowers people who are good animal owners to maybe go and get another one. I know that I want to, <laughs> but I'm not going to um, because I have one. And she's a senior and she's 
a lot of work. And so I know for a fact that I cannot take on more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. Thank you. You know what I don't respect? Tell him. According to businessinsider.com, the CEO of Dippin' Dots admitted he sent a photo of his ex-girlfriend to her mom in alleged revenge porn campaign. <sighs> revenge porn, revenge porn, revenge porn. You are illegal in California, but I don't think you're illegal everywhere, and you should be. Mm-hmm. It should be federal. So a woman sued Fisher last month, Fisher being the... Uh, Dippin' Dots CEO, alleging that he used her nudes to blackmail her. And then in a June 29th court filing, Fisher admitted to, in fact, texting a photo of his ex to her mother. The lawsuit added the image was accompanied by a threatening text messaging text message mentioning the couple's dog. I'm sending this out tomorrow. Then I'm going to file a petition for the dog. I asked for a peaceful exit. I said I had a girlfriend and wanted to move on peacefully. I can hurt so much more. Watch. That's sociopath shit. Can we, we talk a lot about therapy on this podcast, and there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of therapy, um, I had a good therapy session with my therapist, and I, I hey. almost don't want to break up with her now. That's really, really great. Yeah. We we got into some shit and like she told me good work. <gasps> hey. Now that's I lucky. I know. I felt very validated by her expressing that to me. I'm jealous as hell. I mean, sometimes my therapist tells me good work, but you know, I usually tell myself good work and then he agrees with me. <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> cured. <laughs> Uh, for those um, new listeners, oh, oh, keep going. For new listeners, I famously want to break up with my therapist and don't have the coping skills to do so, which is why I need to continue well, with therapy. Who knows? I mean, if you actually break up with her and try to find someone else, she might be like, "Good work." <laughs> oh my god! And what if she says it twice? <gasps> oh wow. I'm proud oh. of you for realizing I'm not who you needed. You know who didn't need something? Who? Maybe who they did need something. I don't know. That transition wasn't great. But according to the DailyMail.co, um, a website that we have been told is not a good website. Not um, good. One final, yeah, like like the trashy, the trashiest of the trash. <laughs> One final indignity, Fire Festival ticket holders see their class action payout of $7,220 get slashed to just $280 in bankruptcy court. The trustee in the case was only able to recover $1.4 million to pay the creditors. After attorney fees, just $300,000 will be left to all the creditors. And then uh, the trustee's plan calls for 78000 to be distributed to 277 ticket holders. So this is just 4% of the $2 million judgment ticket holders won in April. So the rest of it goes to 
whoever like was like the lead of the class action, right? It, it goes to pay attorney's fees. The lead of the class action will get like a, a, a higher percentage of it. And then the rest is going to cover debt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, look, Fire Festival people are some of the hardest people to feel bad for. Mm-hmm. If I don't want a victim blame. No, but. no, but. <laughs> but. It's a big but. Look, if you're not familiar with the Fire Festival, Mom, there's a couple documentaries about it. There's <laughs> one on Hulu, and then there's one on Netflix. And the long story short is that this big, you know, douchey-like festival was getting set up in a private island, and tickets were very expensive, and then all these, like, rich people, like, trust fundy, richy kind of people who were obsessed with Instagram and status, and also some other people who just thought it might be cool, showed up on this island to no festival. <laughs> to no festival, no infrastructure. They were promised gourmet meals, and they got, like, sandwiches with, like, a piece of cheese on them. There were tents. Like, yeah. They looked like FEMA tents. It, 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 watch the documentaries. I highly recommend and watch them both too, actually, because they're produced by two different people. And it's very interesting to like watch. One was produced by the Instagram account Fuck Jerry, who was one of like the big Instagram accounts that was like promoting the Fire Festival. And then the other one is produced by people that are not associated with Fuck Jerry, who were like, we think it's real fucking rich that uh, Fuck Jerry is producing an Instagram or uh, in producing a documentary about this when they were so heavily involved and you get the most infamous line which i hate to spoil it but you get the infamous line in the netflix where this guy admits that he was about to suck dick for water (laughs) it's iconic and that to me is a resume in itself like why do you want this job i'm literally prepared to do anything for you Like, this wasn't, like, some, like, kind of lost person who bought a ticket and got stuck on an island and was driven to have to do that. This was one of the organizers who they're up against the wall trying to make this thing happen, and that was one of the suggestions. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, hey, you got 280 bucks. That's cool, right? I mean... I mean, if you were the type of person that was already getting, if you were going to Fire Festival, you have enough disposable income where this doesn't matter to you, you know? <laughs> I'd like to say so, because it's not like you can pull out a loan for a couple thousand dollars just to go to a, a festival that's boating itself as the new Coachella on one of Pablo Escobar's former islands and whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. You know who didn't have that much disposable income? The applicant in this next story? Yes. So, not that cute. Boutique's email about job applicants' looks get a viral response on TikTok. A local boutique is publicly apologizing about a prospective employee who received an email from one of the owners saying that she was, quote, not that cute. The harsh review of her appearance has now gone viral in a video on her TikTok. This is from foxla.com. Um, 
The boutique owner Chuck DeGrendel in a Facebook Live video said, I apologize for something I did yesterday. But it may be a little too late for DeGrendel to issue his apology. He is the vice president of operations at Avalane Boutique in Auburn Hills and has and it also happens to be the husband of the owner. Yeah, so basically this college 21-year-old Gracie Lorensk applied for a brand representative job there and the owner instead of responding to his wife, the o- like the owner of the boutique, he accidentally responded to this girl's application and said This girl is is fresh out of college and not that cute. She applied to the sales model position. Are you sure you want me to interview her? Literally, the thing of nightmares is sending the wrong email to the wrong, like the the email to the wrong person. Like this guy's just an asshole. Like you never put something like this in writing, nor do you feel it about someone. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like it is what it is, you know, like if you're having a bad day and you're just talking shit, that sucks. But like, you got to make sure it's going to the right person. Otherwise, I mean, you can apologize. You can say, I'm sorry, but like, it's reflective of your personality, you know? So you can't really like say like, Oh, I didn't mean it. Or, you know, like it's, you essentially just got caught doing something that you definitely do. Yeah. And in the Facebook live, they both break down into tears However, they never specifically apologize to her, like in per, like d- they've never directly apologized to her. They just did a Facebook Live. Yeah, the woman's mom said, "I don't want this woman's business to suffer, but I do feel like my daughter deserves a real apology and not a Facebook Live." Snap, snap. Who the fuck watches Facebook Live? <laughs> uh, let's get into our next story from another trashy news source, themirror.co/uk. A woman warned her trick at supermarket checkouts is breaking the law. A shopper who uses a trick when paying for her vegetables at supermarket self-checkout has been warned by two lawyers that it is against the law and could land her in trouble. So self-service checkouts started popping up in the UK just over a decade ago. Yada, yada, yada. We have them here in America. You think you're fucking better than us. But there's measures being put in place to stop people from cheating the system, but they still often rely on customers for being truthful about their purchases. You can uh, go ahead and catch me on TV at Target with the horrifically angled and badly uh, (laughs) filtered videos that they have over their self-checkout where I'm (laughs) – have you seen these? Yes, it's horrific. A Home Depot also has the video where it it shows your face and and it's it's the worst angle and the worst image that I've ever had of myself. Like it's just a, it's, it's pointing down at you being filmed in some sort of like sepia-esque kind of grayscale and you like look up and you're just like looking at your sunken eyes as you <laughs> spend money at Target that you probably shouldn't be spending. I mean, it's honestly better than any mirror I've ever looked in because I see my true self in those. Yeah, it's like the opposite of like an augmented reality filter to make you look prettier on Snapchat. It's like the opposite. Yeah. It makes you go like, when did I start smoking? <laughs> did I finish off two bottles of whiskey last night? Oh, <laughs> I guess that ibuprofen was actually meth. 
<laughs> the woman claims that when she uses the self-checkout, she regularly puts more expensive fruit and vegetables, such as avocado, through the system as a brown onion instead. She believes it isn't stealing as she's still paying for something and claimed that supermarkets work the cost of self-checkout fraud into its prices because everyone does it. The lawyer replied to the advice. It doesn't matter how your friends tries to justify her behavior. Her deceitful conduct is intentionally not paying the full price is against the law. Have you ever done this before? Yes. On accident? So I, I mean, yeah. What? What do you mean on accident? I was trying to find on accident. Well, I was trying to like use the little keyboard to like clue in to the the thing that I found and I couldn't find it. So I just put that I bought like four of another item to like make up the price because I couldn't find the 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 item. And this is the only time you've done this? I accidentally sold some peanut butter M&Ms from Sam's Club. Uh, I was using they have this magical app where you just scan and go and then at the end you just pay and then show them a barcode and i i picked up some peanut butter m&ms this was last sunday and then i decided that no in fact i don't need these 12 dollar you know four pounds of peanut butter m&ms and i swore i put them back and i i got home and there they were there they were wow Wow, wow, wow. Well, I I've done this before and it's not an accident. I if I can't find a regular cucumber and I can only find organic in the store and I do self-checkout, I'm going to pay the regular cucumber price. And there have been times in my life where I have been very 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 tight on cash and perhaps we'll put a stake in for you know, the equivalent price of garlic. I'm not proud of it. And it's been longer than the statute of limitations, so you can't come and get me, Ralphs. But, like, um, it is definitely a, a move. But ever since these cameras started happening, I, I I haven't done that in ages. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that, that we're both in, in the bucket and you can have some of my peanut butter M&M's. That I stole from Sam's Club. Yeah. I don't want I don't want your hot M&Ms. <laughs> I'm trying to move the merchandise so they that don't have- That makes No. I, I heard a story recently about a man who shot and killed a elk out of season. And the game warden heard about it. And so he showed up to his house and he was like, hey- uh, we heard you might have killed, you know, an elk. And the guy was like, well, do you have a warrant? And he goes, no, but I'll be back tomorrow with one. And he said, okay. And then that night that man had a cookout. And then when the game warden came back, wow. not a damn ounce of elk to be found in his freezers. Well, that is a way to stick it to the law. I told you about you and all the listeners about that boring fucking game warden show that I saw on Discovery Channel. Yes. So I don't like a game warden at this point. <laughs> They're just dicks who give out tickets as far as I'm concerned. Cassandra, let's get into our next story from my favorite website, consequence.net. 
Ooh, a jackass star bitten trying to literally jump the shark during the Shark Week stunt. The cast members of Jackass made a name for themselves throwing caution to the wind and taking in part in dangerous and oftentimes disgusting pranks. It's been decades since the first episode of their MTV original show debuted, and they're still happily putting themselves in harm's way to entertain viewers. Most recently, as part of a Shark Week segment on Discovery Channel, by attempting to literally jump the shark and getting bitten in the process. Did we cover Bam getting kicked off of the set on this uh, podcast? No. What happened? Well, I don't. I don't remember the story exactly, but I know like because they, they're filming a new movie, a new Jackass movie. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. These guys are all like a hundred, but apparently Bam Margera has been like kicked out, kicked out of it from. I think because of alcohol, I don't know, but it, it's like it. Yeah, I know it's kind of sad, but it's just, like part of me is like, oh well, this this production keeps having problems, and look at them. But then I'm like, oh well, the, isn't the whole point that they get hurt? So like, yeah, like of course they got bitten. Who who specifically got hurt though? Sean McCurney, aka Poopies. Sean, who the fuck is that? Who's Poopies? Poopies. I don't know these people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways. Have you you ever seen the Happy Days episode where they literally jump the shark? Of course. Of course. And that's where that term comes from. Yeah. It's when when something is bad and they're trying to make it good again. So they, Happy Days was very much over, but they were like, nope, let's, let's keep this going and we'll make it exciting. And they jumped the shark and it didn't. Didn't help. So McCurney mounted a waterboard for the stunt, launched off a ramp surrounded by sharks. Instead of soaring high, he dipped straight into the water where things immediately went south. A shark took a bite out of his hand and blood started pooling around him. Professionals quickly jumped in the water to save him, pulling him back aboard their boat and wrapping him in a tourniquet. This is insane. Yeah, these people are crazy people. Yeah. I mean, like, they've risked their lives to entertain us. Yeah. Even still, I'm like, how old is Johnny Knoxville right now? Like, for real. Johnny 47 Knox- if he's a day. <laughs> 50. Damn. I mean, he has gray hair right now. I mean, he looks great. Johnny Knoxville yeah, always, I mean, for some reason, been very attractive. Will we'll, we'll still get it. Point? Could still get it. Absolutely. Salt and pepper Johnny Knoxville, sure. But like, what? <laughs> who cares about this? Why are you doing this? Who is this for anymore? You know? Speaking of who is this for? Ooh, let's get into our next according story. To lipstick, according to LipstickAlley.com, watch out for men who watch Boss Baby. You know yes. Boss Baby? Oh, yes. Alec Baldwin is the voice of Boss Baby, a baby now who wears suits. And is the boss. And he's the boss. So they're coming out with a new Boss Baby movie. And so there's been a TikTok thing that's gone around now from people who used to work in movie theaters when the last Boss Baby came out. And apparently there's this weird fetish that is aligned with the Boss Baby where grown men, white men, is what's specified in the TikToks. Between 25 and 40 would see the movie alone and they would wear diapers and have pacifiers and they would leave them behind full of shit and other fluids. Use your 
imagination. Hey guys, I'm not going to kink shame. I never would. Keep it at home. Keep it at home. Yes. Again, not kink shaming, but don't make it the public's problem or the public's, you know. This one doesn't issue. even this one doesn't even make sense to me because if you're a real baby, real I mean, <laughs> hopefully, although I did work at a movie theater my first job and I did have to clean up one diaper, but that's one diaper ever. Most of the time, real life babies and their stinky diapers, someone else takes care of it. They don't just leave it behind in the fucking theater. No, it's it's absolutely disgusting. Beyond disgusting. Like, what do you get? Where Where's the jerk off time happen? Does it come while you watch the boss baby and shit yourself? Or is it later when you think about how everyone has to clean up your diapers? I have questions and I'm not asking them from a point of judgment. I just want to know what's up. If you could write in, Trashy Trashy listeners, if you are a boss baby <laughs> and you enjoy the diaper play, will you write in and just let us know? That's a tall order. You can do it anonymously via TrashyTrashy.com, TrashyTrashyPodcast.com, and just send us an email and let us know what you get out of it. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Do we really want this? Yes, I as journalists, we need to get to the bottom of this. You're 100% right. <laughs> uh, you're always 100%. It's time for the dumpster fire. Wait. Of- <laughs> what? Wait. Wait. We have to ask each other for ready. Oh, God damn it. You're right. <laughs> Wait, hey, I'll get- just take it. I'll take it. Okay. You, nope. you do it. <laughs> hey, Erica. Yes. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh, this dumpster fire comes to us from the dailybeast.com. We're back at it again, just swimming in the trash. This this is a doozy. This is a fun little not fun for the people involved, but it it's a it's a, you know, Worthy of popcorn. How three women exposed an army lieutenant colonel's crazy secret life. Chelsea Kernett did not plan to spend the day before her baby was due, driving 16 hours to bang on the door of her fiancé's parents' house. But there she was. 19 months earlier, she'd started Instagram messaging with a Richard Kane Mansier, a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army whom everyone called Kane. He was 10 years her senior. He was 10 years her senior? He had two sons from a previous marriage and lived 600 miles away, but she didn't mind. He was smart and funny, and they talked easily. He liked shooting and skydiving. So a nice little Instagram romance gets started. No big deal. But at the beginning of 2020, she uh, was going to move in with him when he was getting relocated to Virginia. And in October, she found out she was pregnant with their first child. Wow. Wow. But now it was June 7th, the day before their baby was due, and Kernet hadn't been able to reach Mansier in more than 48 hours. So she packed up her belongings, waddled out to the car, and set off to find him. So this is some previous stuff that had happened in their relationship. She was watching an army leadership video one night and stumbled across a video of Mansur, what he's talking about having a daughter. When she asked him why he'd never mentioned a third child, he told her that she had died. 
And another time, she found results from two local 10K races in which he had finished right in front of a, or right in front of the same army member from the videos. When he asked, ugh, when she asked if he knew the woman, he brushed her off. And then one time, his ex-wife called her and in February and then left a message. But Manser told her that the woman was crazy and out of money. So she ignored the message. When the couple decided to move to Virginia together, Kernet says she volunteered to go early so she could settle in and find work. Mansier was supposed to relocate in June. But then in April, he told her he had been deployed. She doesn't recall where exactly, but remembers him calling on her WhatsApp from Kuwait. So then in August, she was on a run near the army base and she saw what looked like his Jeep. It had Illinois plates, stickers for the Rangers, which was his former division. And then when she asked him about it, he said that it wasn't his car. But a few days later, while she was filling up gas, she saw him open the door and get in. So he played it off as if he was trying to surprise her and that she ruined the surprise by seeing him. It was his typical thing of belittling me, making me feel like I was the crazy one, and then saying, I love you. Everything will be fine. Don't overthink it she said. Okay. So we got, here's what we have on our hands. A woman who's in a two-year relationship with a gaslighter who is pregnant with his baby. So she's pregnant. She needs to figure out what the fuck is going on. And she finds out, according to court records, that he's been legally married, has been for 18 years to the same woman, and that they have three children, all of them very much alive. According to multiple sources, the pair was having marital problems in August around the same time Cornette discovered Mansier's Jeep on the base. So his wife volunteered to take the kids home to her Illinois and give up and give him a little space. His wife was about to move back in January of that year when she got a phone call from another woman telling her she was engaged to him. Okay, so we have another woman now. This is three women. This new woman who the article calls Jessica was engaged to him since 2017 while his wife was pregnant with their third child. So we have three, three relationships now. Jessica said he claimed to have been deployed several times during the relationship. Once while she was at home tending to her dying mother and another time that forced them to postpone their hastily arranged nuptials in Las Vegas. The second and time- the second time that he got- Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. That second time that he got deployed, she asked for proof- of the deployment so that she could get refunds. He gave her deployment papers, but apparently they were fake. So she said he has a playbook. He tells these lies about dead children, about PTSD, his deployments, and all these horrible things. And he creates imaginary traumas to cloak his lies in. So this is like fucked up. This guy's got three different lives essentially happening at the same time and using deployment as an excuse to like run them all. You know, that's like, you know, salesmen used to have travel families, like traveling salesmen, you know, they would have like, I call them franchise families, yeah. you know, and you could juggle it because you were on the road, you know, six months out of the year. Right. Is- I mean, it's still like insane behavior, you know? Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm not excusing so, him. No, totally. So finally, like we have Chelsea Kernett, who's pregnant and she finally decides like because she can't get a hold of this guy 
And when she calls the army base, they think that she is his wife. So she's like all confused. And so she calls the wife and goes, you probably don't know me because I'm the new person in his life, but I haven't been able to find him. And this, the wife goes, girl, we're still married. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is, this is I mean, fucking nuts. <laughs> so uh, this is bad, but apparently, so the moral of the story is that this, the pregnant woman, this Jessica and his wife work together using old phone records, credit card charges and travel itineraries to figure out that they found like at least four other people who this soldier has had serious long-term relationships with over the past five years while still married to the same person. And Chelsea Kernett ended up going to the divorce hearing for um, him and his wife. And they both like testified in that hearing, basically like trying to fight so that this guy doesn't get his kids. Cause as far as we know in this story, there's now four. This is fucking bananas. Who has the time? It, hello? I mean, honestly, like, I'm not in the same way that I don't want to kink shame a boss baby as long as you keep it at home. I'm not going to kink shame polyamory as long as everybody fucking knows what's going on. Oh, 100%. Communication is is key. Oh, it's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And, and when kids get involved... <laughs> Like, not that, you know, it's fair to, like, all these women that they have to go through this kind of thing, but, like, and then you get pregnant, you know? It's just, like, it's such a bummer. And the woman has, like, said later in the article that, like, she's, like, this has been a nightmare, but she's grateful for it because she has her daughter because of it. But, like, Mm -hmm. man, oh, man. (laughs) Talk about getting the rug pulled out from under you. Oh, my God. Of course. This man has a habit of dating army subordinates and widows of men who died in combat. Women who'd be too embarrassed to say anything about it or whose careers would be ruined if they did. Whoa. I mean, this guy's not good. (laughs) Certified trash. Yeah, big time. Hey, Erica, what are you hoarding this week? I'm hoarding Woody Guthrie. Just the Woody Guthrie. Wow. The person, his music, his legacy, Bound for Glory is a book about his life, and I'm rereading it. I just attended the Woody Guthrie Folk Music Festival in Okima, Oklahoma, and I I went for five years growing up, and then I haven't been in, in 10 years, you know, after I moved to California, and I went back, and I got to just returned to my roots and it was like my favorite festival for a long time. And I just, uh, I highly recommend just look up the life of Woody Guthrie. He was a really cool dude. This land is your land. This This land land is is my land. California. Yeah. Good. That makes me happy. Yeah. You've been going to a lot of concerts lately, girl. I'm treating this like rumspringa because I'm afraid that we are going to go back into lockdown so I am going to take advantage as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, – so you're in Oklahoma right now. Are we allowed to tell people that? Yes. I am in Oklahoma visiting family, taking care of some some family matters. And I am going to see the same band two nights in a row. That's, That's right. how much I love 
going to concerts and I've missed it. I'm so happy for you because like, yeah, here in uh, Los Angeles County, they're apparently bringing back the mask mandate tonight. So yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Which makes me so upset. I know. I know. So, so upset. What are you hoarding? I'm hoarding a television show. It's on AMC. I was able to watch it on YouTube TV. And I think that they have like an AMC plus kind of thing that maybe like has like some sort of free trial that you can kind of binge it. I mean, I don't know, like, or I mean, you could also just pay for AMC, but like, I'm not going to fucking tell people to do that. (laughs) Anyways, it's called Kevin Can F Himself. Oh, I've been wanting Um, to watch this. Okay. So it was recommended to me by one of the guys on my other podcast, um, and it's so fucking good. It's uh, Annie Murphy's new show, Annie Murphy being famously Alexis from Schitt's Creek, but she's like, like half of the show, I don't want to give away too much, but half of the show is like a multicam sitcom and the other half of it is like AMC worthy drama. And cause this woman is basically like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. You just, you got to watch it. It's like, it's fucking dark. <laughs> like it's very dark. Yeah. I've heard um, it's fantastic. And I so, love Annie Murphy. Yeah. She's so good in it. Like, I mean, there's a lot of actors who like have these big defining roles in their career, like Alexis was, and then can't break out of it. But she's, she's fucking spreading her wings, man. Like, like, you you get you lose this character is not anything like Alexis. So you're able to watch it and enjoy it and not be thinking like when you turn it off, you're like, holy shit, she really got a lot of range, this actress. Uh-huh. Good. Good. I can't wait to watch it. I love it. Yeah, definitely watch it. I was I got up to episode five. Episode six is still locked away from me on the AFC app, but it'll probably release to YouTube TV soon and then I'll be able to watch that. But it's also just fun to watch things that are live and on, you know, because like, I mean, I love to binge watch as much as the next person, but like, it kind of like humbles me a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> to be forced to fucking wait. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What are you throwing out? I'm throwing out. Southwest Airlines. I don't think so, Southwest. (gasps) I 100% checked in one minute after my check-in time, and I'm in B boarding group with with peasants. Wait, wait, how long? How long? (laughs) One minute? One minute, and I was already in the B boarding group. For those of you who don't know, Southwest Airlines doesn't do assigned seating. You check in, and you're given a number. Like you are number A, A1, A2, B1, B2, etc. And you choose your own seat on the plane. And it I I know yeah. for a fact that that I was I was there at check-in time. And and I'm in B boarding group. Go, go fuck. You yourself. know what happens, right? What? What happens is that people like my partner uh don't mind throwing down an extra 15 to $30 to pay for the advanced check-in. <laughs> and so there's basically like the A through A1 through 15 is like the business check-in people. Mm-hmm. There's no business class on Southwest, you know, it's all the same seats. And then there's everybody else who decides to pay for early check-in. 
And I don't think that there's an a, like a limit to that amount because each boarding group has 60 people, I believe. So that means that like they there's people buying early check-in all the way into the B group if you got stuck in B after one minute. That uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Erica, but you know, money makes the world go round. I'm learning that lesson. I'm learning that lesson. Were you in a middle seat because of it? No, I still got my aisle seat because I'm a fucking grown up. And I sit in the aisle. Sure. I just uh, absolutely. I just you know I didn't I didn't appreciate having to be in steerage check in. <laughs> I get it. What class did they have us checking in when we were going to Barcelona? It was like I think Q. they were about to put us under the plane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were the like absolute last people to board. <laughs> They're like, do you need a check on bag or can we? <laughs> We'll put you out on the wing. Yeah. We'll just strap you down if that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we yeah. got there for our uh, $350 round trip. <laughs> hey, man. You know what? <laughs> it was worth it. I'm throwing out – I hate to be such a controversial figure, but um, I'm throwing out bucket hats. Speak on it. I hate a bucket hat. So – a lot of Y2K-esque trends are coming back for whatever fucking reason. And one of them in particular is the bucket hat. Look, a bucket here and there is cute. I mean, whatever. Like, fine. Wear a bucket hat. I've seen plenty of them executed well. But if you come at me and you try to convince me that that shit just goes with everything... You're mm -hmm. a fucking liar. Bucket hats need to stay in their lane. You buy a bucket hat, whether it has little fucking flowers on it or it has a team logo on it or whatever your stupid bucket hat looks like, fine. Wear it with the right outfit. But right now I'm seeing them on every head with every outfit. And it's like, how many bucket hats do you own? Do you, do you really buy this many bucket hats so that you could wear one every day? That's not what this is about. A hundred percent. Like, look, I, I wasn't an adult when the bucket hat was big. I was a child. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I got, I wore the bucket hats that I was given. I'm pretty sure I had one with like a, a fake giant, like sunflower on it. And I wore it with my sunflower clothes and that's it. My mom wasn't just dropping $15 to $20 at a Forever 21 or an H&M to buy different colored bucket hats for me. We didn't have the storage for that. What are we, Rockefellers? No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's, it's too casual of a hat, and I think that it's coming back way too big. I think it is Icarus. It is flying too close to the sun, and everyone's going to feel like a damn fool in about a month. Mm-hmm. I'm looking I could out for you. Not agree more. Oh my goodness, Cass. Where can the people like, find you? Find me at Cass Cardenas on Instagram and Twitter, and I am also on the Nooner Podcast on the Smodcast Network. Where do they find you? At iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and at Gilligal on Twitter. And as always, you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter or at www.trashytrashypodcast.com. Let me tell you something. Maybe you follow Trashy Trashy Podcast on Instagram and you see something funny. Share it. Do it. Um, just do just it. Just tap. It costs nothing to just hit share. Share it in your story or like tag someone in the comments. I mean, we're not going to be like a meme account where we're 
begging you to do it or being, but like, I don't know, do it. Just, just do, do it. Just do it. We're your friends. We're trying to help us out. Erica and I are your friends. Okay. We, we, just help us out. We'll, we'll scratch your back. You scratch ours. It's a symbiotic relationship. Feels good. <laughs> hey, Cass. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>